Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. A lot of holes on that roster. Four gaping holes on that roster and not a lot to fix them with. This is Breakfast with Kent for Thursday, February 17th, 2022, brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. We use them. We love them. It's it's affordable, great stuff, trustable service. Everything you want in a plumber, you got in Johnson's Plumber. Give them a call. 765-610-8809. All right, hit the subscribe button, press like, ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts, and then we're going to talk about the Hoosiers a little bit, and we're preaching patience with you people. All right, Colts, their gaping offensive hole, holes in... Uh, not in any order of priority, all right? But let's talk about left tackle first because left tackle is a big deal. you got to have a left tackle, and the Colts have no left tackle on the roster. None. Zero. <laughs> they don't have a guy at that position right now. There are ways to fix this. The easiest way to fix this might not be the best way to fix it, and that's to re-sign Eric Fisher. Eric Fisher is a starting-level left tackle the number one pick in the 2013 NFL Draft. He's a guy who this past year did what he could. Coming off a torn Achilles, surgically repaired, rehabbed it, and and got out there as quick as he could to help the team. He was an adequate run blocker, not great in pass blocking, but he projects to be better in year two. All right? You've also got Matt Pryor who's a free, both these guys unsigned right now, free agents. Matt Pryor is a guy who really did pretty good work filling in at the tackle position. Going into last year, the Colts signed Sam Tevy and Julian Davenport and Matt Pryor as kind of plug-and-play guys if Fisher didn't work out and if Braden Smith missed any kind of time, which he did. And, and the one guy was Pryor. He did a pretty good job at the tackle position. But he's a nice depth piece. He'd rather have him as depth rather than the starter. Signing Eric Fisher, that would solve problems. The Colts, they've got about $43 million today in cap room. That projects to be more if Jack Doyle retires. That creates a problem of uh, of its own. They don't have a first-round draft pick. So drafting a starting level left tackle with the 47th overall pick is not going to be an easy task for Chris Ballard and his staff. All right, secondarily, you got the tight end position. Oof. Jack Doyle, if he retires and Mo Ali Cox is not re-signed, he is an unrestricted free agent. You got Kylan Granson and Farad Green as the players you have signed to play tight end. That should not that would keep you up at night. If not for the other holes, that would keep you up at night. Right? 
Farad Green is not a starting-level tight end. Kylan Granson, we really don't know what he is. He, he was projected to be a guy who could come in and kind of be a playmaker, go catch the ball, run with it. What he wound up being was kind of what he wasn't projected to be quite as good at, and that's a blocking tight end. So can Kylan Granson be a starter? And if he can't, who can you go sign? Uh, you got Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz would be fine. Azama from uh, the Bengals had to be fine as well. And then you get down to like the Eric Ebron type guys. Eric Ebron is not coming back to Indianapolis, nor should he. So there's your tight end position issues, right? How do you fix that if Jack Doyle retires and Mo Ali Cox, who for some reason people don't like? Like people just don't like Mo Ali Cox. People on this channel who list comments, it's like no Ali Cox is what they call him, and I don't get it, because I like Mo Ali Cox. I think he's a good dude. I think he's a good blocker. And in 2020, he graded exceptionally well on Pro Football Focus. All right, another gaping hole. The number one wide receiver spot. And again, getting a starting level tight end with a a 47th overall pick is going to be tough, especially when Chris Ballard says... You know what? We are not drafting to need. We are dra- drafting the best available player. Best available player could wind up being an outside linebacker. Do you draft one then? How about cornerback? Yeah, at least you've got three starting cornerbacks on the roster, right? In Isaiah Rogers, Rocky Seen, and Kenny Moore. You've got three of those guys. <laughs> you don't have a single tight end. And the number one wide receiver. That's a hole unless you project Michael Pittman Jr. being that guy. Look, almost 90 catches, almost 1,100 yards. Not a bad year for Michael Pittman Jr., but he's more a possession guy than to take the lid off the defense guy. Do you go out and sign a free agent like Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson? Do you use some of that $43 million that you might need to acquire a quarterback, and we'll talk about that in a second, to go get a top-end wide receiver. you got to remember with free agents, people are free agents for a reason, right? And some of it has to do with how they are perceived within their current organization, right? Chris Godwin tore his ACL last season, late in the season, for the Buccaneers. He was having a really, really good year. Is he going to be able to come back from the ACL and justify the kind of salary that he's going to demand? That's the question. Allen Robinson is a guy who's had physical issues with the Bears. You don't think the Bears want a number one wide receiver? Do they have one? No, they do not have one. Wouldn't they rather have Allen Robinson back? Why didn't they sign Allen Robinson to an extension? These are the questions you've got to answer before you sign these guys. Yes, they're famous. Yes, we know who they are. Sure, at their at their best, an excellent option for the Colts. But for the Colts in their current state, are they free agents that you really want to lavish wealth upon when you have so many holes? Now look, if Michael Pittman's your one, you better get a two and you better get a three. Because what you got behind Michael Pittman Jr. is uh, Des Patman, and Michael Strawn, and uh, Ashton Doolin, and that's it. Zach Paschal's a free agent. Somehow, Zach Paschal 
wasn't seen as a valuable target for Carson Wentz. With Phillip Rivers, he was. Zach Paschal with Wentz, ignored. So you got to decide what you got, what you need at the wide receiver position. And then you've got quarterback. And we talked about quarterback for a while yesterday. There, there aren't a lot of great options. Look, when he traded the 16th overall pick in this year's draft for Carson Wentz, you kind of painted yourself into a corner roster-wise. One thing that we can be certain of, Chris Ballard and his staff, they are doing everything they can to figure out how to utilize the assets that they've got to get the best players available because they know that right now Jim Irsay is angry. And angry Jim Irsay translates into a limited amount of job security, not just for Ballard, who is signed through, what, 2026? Reich is signed through 2026. These guys are going to get paid. But the other guys who are on the staff, look, they work year to year. And that weighs on Chris Ballard's conscience. Chris Ballard is not an indifferent man when it comes to the welfare of others. He is a, he's a good dude that people want to work for because he's a good dude. And, and they feel like in Indianapolis they can have some job security, but that job security is going to evaporate really, really quickly if these holes can't be plugged and if 9-8 and eight can't turn into 10-7. and seven. You look at the 9-8 and eight and you say, well, the Colts are close. Man, that's true for a lot of teams. There's a lot of mediocrity in the NFL. A lot of teams that were knocking on the door of the playoffs but couldn't get in. 14 get in, 18 don't. If you're on that side of the 18, job security is minimal in the NFL. All right, quarterback. Look, you've got $43 million under the cap right now. If you cut Carson Wentz, you free up another 13. If Jack Doyle retires, you free up another six. That gives you what? Right about $60 million in cap space. If you trade Carson Wentz, you can get out from under that other 15 that he's guaranteed right now. How do you find a suitor for that deal, right? How do you find a willing accomplice to execute the exit of Carson Wentz from Indianapolis and find another suitable option at quarterback. Really, really tough. It's hard. This is going to be, this is going to be an offseason of heavy lifting. Then if you look at other needs, like if you look at website, they say outside linebackers a need for the Colts. No, they have outside linebackers on the roster. They may not be great outside linebackers, but they got some. The other spots that we talked about today, they got nothing. Like zero. Kylan Granson? You want Kylan Granson as your starting tight end? Probably not. A number two wide receiver you do not have on the roster. Left tackle, you don't have any on the roster. Quarterback, Sam Ellinger. You know what? Sam Ellinger is kind of an interesting guy, but there is no way that Chris Ballard with a straight face, can walk into Jim Irsay's office and say, I got it, Skip. Here we go. Uh, Carson Wentz, we're going to move on from. We're just going to cut his ass, and we're going to save the $13 million. We're going to pay him the fifteen. And uh, Sam Ellinger, second-year kid out of Texas. I'm feeling good. I think he's the guy. I think he is the next Tom Brady. You can't do that. He did, Jim Irsay said, grab him. 
by his belt loop, carry him out of the building, bad back and all, and throw him into the street. All right, we'll see what happens. The 47th overall pick, they got a third rounder. They got a a fourth, a couple of fifths. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a fascinating month, man. Four weeks from today, we're going to be knee-deep in free agency. It starts four weeks from yesterday. A lot of decisions have to be made by the time we get to March 19th. That is when Carson Wentz's contract vests entirely. All right, Indiana basketball. Um, Be patient with Mike Woodson. This is year one, all right? Mike Woodson, a flawed roster, the point guard position, a mess. And so it is what it is. It was a mess coming in. The plug-and-play with uh, Xavier Johnson as a transfer, that hadn't worked out great. But it hadn't worked out terribly. You look at other point guards in college basketball, Xavier Johnson isn't terrible. He makes bad decisions. He takes bad shots. He's not a good shooter. Those things are all true. (laughs) You know, that's the way it is. But Indiana, they got five games left. Ohio State in Columbus on Monday. They've got Maryland at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Then they travel. Where do they go? Good heavens. They go to Minnesota and play at Williams. Minnesota's not very good. They can beat Minnesota on the road. Then they play Rutgers, yikes, at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Rutgers last night beat Illinois and beat them badly to open up a window for Purdue with a win last night against Northwestern, which they got by six, 70-64. They uh, move into first place in the Big Ten all by themselves. Nice. Told you yesterday that Rutgers was going to beat Illinois. But the point is, Be patient with Mike Woodson and that staff. they got to go get their guys. They've got to figure out what that program is. They need to recruit to that, and then they need to go about the process of winning games. And they haven't done that yet at a level that's required to get to the NCAA tournament. Right now, 7-8 and in the Big Ten. That isn't going to get it done. They need to win three of their last five. And the one game, the last game of the regular season is the one I didn't mention. And that's Purdue. Beating Purdue at Mackey after beating Purdue at Simon Scott Assembly Hall is going to be heavy lifting for the Hoosiers. That is going to be tough because Purdue's going to come out and they're going to play. You know, Indiana isn't sneaking up on Purdue at Mackey in the season finale, for the love of God, even if at that point Purdue's got the Big Ten salted away. Let's celebrate some birthdays. So take your foot off the brake. Take a deep breath. Mike Woodson is going to get this thing done, but it's going to take more than a year. Please, gave Archie Miller four years. Let's take a break and let Mike Woodson, with Thad Mata, with Dane Fife, with Kenny Hunter, build this thing, build it right, and get it going. All right, birthdays, Dick Jenkins, Ryan McPherson, happy birthday. Uh, Rob Held, the great George Montgomery, celebrating a birthday. Rob Reel Jr., happy birthday. Cheryl Ray Stout. Happy birthday. Taught me a little bit something about sports journalism back at WMAQ back in the day. Al Franio, John Spur, Greg Hughes. Happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Today, Inside Indiana Sports Now, 4.30, 5 o'clock this afternoon, we are talking sports. It's what we do. Colts, Hoosiers, Boilers, Butler. 
Pacers win last night. What are they doing? Putting in doubt the ability to move up in the draft and take somebody that can move this franchise forward toward a championship. What are you doing? Good heavens. How about that? Really, really good stuff last night. Beat the Wizards. Now they're off for a week and a half. Let's see if Malcolm Brogdon can can get that foot ready to go play some basketball in the second half. Good heavens. Is that guy ever going to play?